Welcome to Cookbook Club. We are home cooks from Portland, Oregon. I'm Sarah Gray. And I'm Renee Wilkinson. Every other episode of Cookbook Club will be focused not on a cookbook, but a cooking topic. It's camping season again, and we have some fun ideas for camping meals. Camping when it's just adults is like one whole category of life. that's different. And then once you start (laughs) camping as a family, I feel like um, things get real real. Oh, yeah. It's either like an epic disaster or... Mm -hmm. Super fun and something that you want to repeat every summer. Yeah. Have you had epic disasters camping? I think that our first years of parenthood camping, they weren't disasters, but they were not as comfortable as they could be, which is why I have a pretty tight game plan now with my camp cooking situation. How about you? Well, I didn't camp when my kids were little. I didn't start until my littlest was like four. Which is totally reasonable and probably what most people should do. Yeah. However, we started camping immediately. Yeah. So I've been camping when I'm like super pregnant and it was like my last trip out of town before you have to be within an hour of where you're giving birth. And then the baby years and then the trying to catch the toddler before they fall in the fire kind of situation. I know a woman who is like one of 12 children and she has a story about how she was on a family camping trip and her mom left to go have another baby and then came back to the campsite. Wow that's next level. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not on that level. (laughs) Yeah I'm definitely not on that level because like I said we didn't start until my littlest was like four but the thing is even if the food was a disaster I think camping is always a win for kids. Like There's something about me as a parent where I feel like if my kids are in the woods, then I'm doing it right. Mm -hmm. If we're in the woods, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, they do always have a great time, even if it's raining or it's cold, which often it is here in the Pacific Northwest when you're camping. I think they just enjoy that freedom of having no boundaries in a way or just like natural boundaries. Totally. And then we're like away from the screens and away from the normal routine. Yes. They love sleeping in their sleeping bags. Mm -hmm. Like. It's just always fun, even if it does end up being really stressful for us. But we have some strategies, I think, to maybe not make it so stressful for mom and dad. Definitely. Do you want me to start with my bin system? I do. I want to hear all about your bins. Okay. You're such an organized camper. Well, because of like 11 years of parenthood. So we have found a way to make camping less stressful because of this bin system. So we have one bin. They're these big Rubbermaid bins. They're like not so big like that one person can't carry them, you know, because that's a whole other right. level. But they're Rubbermaid bins that stay um, all together with our camping gear. One is dedicated just to gear and one is dedicated just to our food pantry. So that way when it's time to get packed up and go camping, in theory, we just have to go grocery shopping for the fresh food. We have to just throw the clothes, the sleeping bags, the pillows, the tent, and then these two big bins, and we're basically packed for camping. Awesome. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yeah. The gear bin has all of the things that we need for camp cooking and like starting the camp fire on the stove and all that kind of stuff. So that includes like our nesting pots and pans and bowls, our kettle, sheathed knives, which don't have to be super expensive. I got mine at Target. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're really cheap knives, but they came with their own sheaths. That's, yeah, really important. Yeah, Um, Measuring cups and spoons. We have transitioned our eating gear to sporks. Oh, yeah, we have the sporks, too. Yeah, I love them. And they're different colors, so everybody is like picks a color and that's like their color for the trip. Oh, cool. Yeah. So like you're in charge of keeping track of that. And then uh, plates, bowls, first aid kit, um, things that you need for cooking, like spatula, hot mitts, um, things that you need for setting the table, like a tablecloth. We use cloth napkins that are just like 
the old ones that look crummy, even though they're clean, those became like our camp napkins. That's great. And then can opener, trash bags, because so many years we went camping, we're like, didn't bring a trash bag, which is so dumb. So now we just keep a thing of them in there. We do that too. Yeah. Great. And then uh, Tupperware, my mom's like vintage Tupperware, which like my mom passed away a few years ago. And my siblings and I were like so sentimental about the Tupperware. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. But it includes like the little egg carrier, you know, so that it's like not going to break all the eggs on the way to the campsite. Cutting boards, those really thin ones that don't take up a lot of space and then extendable roasting sticks for all the things that you want to cook over a fire. So all of those things fit in one bin for us. There's other miscellaneous stuff in there too that just makes it all a little bit easier because if you're going to be sleeping in the woods, you may not be sleeping great. At least you want to like not get there and realize that you forgot the YN opener or you forgot the can opener or whatever the thing is. Right, right. So I have a really similar setup. It's also a a Rubbermaid bin. It's actually called an Action Packer. Oh. uh, Which is a specialized kind of Rubbermaid bin that I had never heard of, but my husband grew up with them for their camping stuff. And they're solid enough that you can sit on them. Oh, cool. Like It's kind of like an extra chair also around your campsite, which is really great. Um, So they're super sturdy. And we have the same thing. My camp stove even fits in my big action packer, uh, which is great. And then I've got a lot of the same stuff. You know, I've got dish towels in mine, plates and bowls, you know, all the same stuff that you've got. Um, I think uh, I always have a roll of paper towels in there. I have some newspaper, which helps starting a fire and lighters. I have a separate um, smaller bin that's like our wash setup. Okay. So like we have the big gear one, we have the big pantry one. I have a smaller rubber mains that are still like rectangular, but they're just kind of shallow. And there are like two or three of them and then just one lid. So they all like nest together. Oh, okay. But then the one with the lid on it keeps like the dish soap, the scrubber, the washcloth, the towels for drying. And then when you're at the campsite, you can have like one bin that's just for washing and another bin that's for rinsing. And then if you're in like Girl Scouts or scouting organization, they want you to have a third bin for like sanitizing, which is not like a high priority for me with family camping. But scouting groups call that the three bin system. Okay. Yeah, I have two that are like collapsible sink style buckets. Oh, cool. And they fit it still in that same one bin. So I just have one bin and then I usually will have a smaller one that's like goes with it. That just has food in it. Okay. Um, So like bags of chips and stuff that I don't want to get smushed. Yeah. So we have the same sized big Rubbermaid bin for our pantry items. And that's where we would put like dry goods, like bags of chips and stuff like that. And there's some stuff that basically I put in there at the start of camping season And then at the very end of camping season, I kind of like clean it out and we eat whatever's left over. But those are things that aren't going to go bad and don't need refrigeration. So that's like all the stuff for s'mores. Um, I'm really big on like hot beverages when you're camping. So hot chocolate, instant coffee, tea, all that chai mix, whatever you want. And then things like pancake mix, oatmeal, all the um, dry toppings for oatmeal, granola bars, fruit snacks, all of your seasonings, nut butter, all of the things that like may not even be part of an intentional meal, but your kids, like once you get somewhere, like kids are starving all the time and it's really nice. Especially outside. Yeah, just to have them be like, go hunt around and find a snack. So those like packets of tuna or like little tins of fish for um, grownups to snack on, all that kind of stuff lives in the pantry box. And then we'll throw, like when we go grocery shopping, then on top of that heavier stuff at the bottom, we'll throw like the loaf of bread, the chips, that kind of stuff. Yeah. they don't get smashed because right. that's so annoying. I know. 
<laughs> I buy chips so infrequently. Like, pre- pretty much we just buy chips when we're camping, and, like, I really want to enjoy those chips. Yeah. I don't want them to be pulverized. No. My littlest right now, like, really thoroughly enjoys eating pulverized chips, oh. and so he intentionally Gross. breaks this up. I know. It's like... <laughs> You're like, stop doing that. Kids, I paid like, good money for those. They just find these little ways to just be, like, driving you a little bit nuts. Yeah, a little in bit ways nuts all the time. That you didn't realize yeah. were possible. You mentioned your kettle. Is it your electric kettle? No, it's just like a camp yeah, kettle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I have a little bit of a camping hack. Which All right. Is, um, I've done a fair amount of camping in like in the state parks here. There are a lot of places that have cabins and yurts. Mm-hmm. So if you can book one of those cabins or yurts, you're not supposed to cook in them, but you can take an electric kettle. Yeah. Then you have warm water for washing your face. For your coffee in the morning, all of that. You can and, also take your instant pot. Well, that's my other hack. Although technically... Technically, you're not supposed to do it. And maybe someone from the Oregon State Parks is listening, but I'm very responsible. But I have fully made like a full meal in an instant pot right inside the cabin. That's awesome, Sarah. It's brilliant. Well, and I had one really tough camping trip last year where it was just like torrentially raining the whole time. Yeah, we ate like mac and cheese with hot dogs in it inside the cabin That's while we great. played Uno and it just like poured outside. Was it a fun camping trip? That was probably one of the only ones that wasn't super fun because it was raining so hard that nobody wanted to be outside. Mm-hmm. And then the second day we got hit with a stomach bug. So we had <sighs> to pack up while puking and then drive home. That sounds like an epic it fail. Was, it was kind of a fail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Instant Pot was a real win on that one. That's good. Yeah. I mean, it's the little things that make it, even if you know things don't go according to plan, just to have like your food simple and d- yeah. dialed in. And it could be fun if you're camping with grownups to spend like the day cooking. But when you have kids, they're like running running around yeah. and they need nap times and somebody needs a snack and right. like you don't really have the same bandwidth just and to I like feel like you kind of have to chase them a little bit mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know I don't chase my kids too much in the woods but like they want my attention yeah do you cook over a fire well so I've gotten like really into Girl Scouts yeah I was not a Girl Scout growing up but my daughter's a Girl Scout and I'm one of like the core parents in her troop and so I've taken their outdoor skills class like to get certified to cool. like Go teach them how to, like, you know, use knives safely and start fires. And these girls are amazing, amazing. I'm, like, so into it. That's but so cool. I've also met all these incredible Girl Scout volunteers who are adults who have led workshops on, like, cooking over open fire and cooking with Dutch ovens and cooking things on sticks. And it's been great for our families camping, too, but... I mean, I'm just like super jazzed and inspired by these people. Yeah. So like cast iron cooking, I've never really done like, quote, right, you know, yeah. like I've just made a fire and then I put it there and it made something simple that it didn't really require it cooking perfectly. Right. But now I kind of understand it a little bit more about like starting the charcoal and like how you rotate the coals and like you'll read a lot of recipes about Dutch oven cooking and it will tell you exactly how many coals to right. put on the bottom, on the bottom and, the top. and on the top. Yeah. That's how you like regulate the temperature. So I understand that a little bit more and I'm going to experiment more with okay. that. But I think that's like next level totally. camp cooking. Totally. Like our Girl Scouts started with just like learn how to use a camp stove, yeah. turn it on, turn it off safely, make basic things on it so they know how to do that. Yeah. So then the next level is like Let's cook stuff with sticks. Let's cook stuff with like charcoal or yeah. like let's cook things over an open fire. Cool. At this Girl Scout thing that I went to that was like a training. They cooked. This is amazing. They cooked an entire chicken Whoa. over an open fire. No way. Like roasted a whole chicken. You guys, it was amazing. They made a tripod because these women are like next level awesome. They made a tripod with like their knots and lashing, hung a chicken from it using like I think a wire hanger. 
and then they wrapped the whole tripod in foil and then like cooked the chicken for an hour and a half they changed out the coals halfway through and it was like so delicious totally amazing but not like the kind of thing you're probably going to do with your family of like children bouncing off the walls well yeah that's the thing right kind of thing yeah Another cool gear-related thing is in the Campout Cookbook, which we've talked about before by Jen Stevenson and Marnie Hennel. They have this cute little camp cookery kit in there. Oh my gosh, it's so cute. It's like a tackle box that they have repurposed into their go-to spot for like their salt and their seasonings and all that kind of stuff. Right, their little hot sauce. Yes. And their... What I love in there is that they've mixed up the dry ingredients for some of the recipes and like wrapped them and put them in there too. Mm -hmm. So that all your dry ingredients are ready to go to make like scones or biscuits or whatever it is that they're going to make. That kind of segues into cooking strategies, like camp cooking strategies. And I feel like you and I have a little list of those. We do, for sure. Let's hear about some of yours. Well, the first thing that you like just hinted at is making your mixes ahead of time. So if you're going to make pancakes, for example, like make the pancake mix at home, like make the dry mix at home. And then when you get to the campsite, I do this. I have this like Tupperware thing and it's big enough that I can put the pancake mix in there and then add the wet ingredients and mix it all in one. Okay. And then just pour it from that onto the skillet. Yeah. Yeah. So I would do all of your dry mixes at home. If you have like something that requires like a dry rub or something like that, like make that dry rub at home, make your dressing at home, like all the little components so that you're not wasting time at the campsite trying to measure all that stuff out. We have done an episode about the Camp Out Cookbook, which Mm -hmm. is a really fabulous book and has really fabulous recipes in it. But I don't know that it's really that suited to like family cooking family camping and the kind of camping that you and I are doing these days. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a lot to be gained even from that book in terms of like their advice about what you prep at home, which in that book is most of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I even take it a step further when I want to go easy on on a family camping trip. And that is I will just make the thing in advance. And just take it and reheat it. Very smart. So like chili Mm -hmm. is a great one or beans or stuff like that. Just make them at home and then reheat them when you get there. And then if you want to take it even a step further from that, if you're camping long enough and you can time it right, Mm -hmm. something like chili works really well if you make it ahead of time and then you freeze it. Oh. And then you put it in your cooler and it helps keep the cooler cool. Very smart. And then in a couple days, you just warm it up over your camp stove. No problem. If you don't want to make it ahead, though, um, I have a great recipe that I just made while camping that turned out great. Uh, It's a New York Times recipe. It's by Melissa Clark, and it's called Skillet Weeknight Chili. Uh It's just a super pantry-friendly, easy chili. And I just made it on my camp stove in like 10 minutes. Awesome. It was super easy. The thing about my camp stove, and I have like the classic old Coleman camp stove, like nothing fancy. Uh, I've had it for 20 years. It's like keeps on trucking. It gets really hot, though. I need to be a little bit careful because there's really not like a low setting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard to let anything simmer. But for reheating things, it works well. It just keeps stirring. I'm kind of like a camp stove snob a little bit now. Yeah. So we have a camp chef camp stove. Yeah. And it was an awesome investment. It's big. You have a big one, right? Yeah. It's yeah. a little bit heavy to carry. But you know, it compacts down into like a size that is not terrible if you have like good garage storage or something like that. But um, I like it because I feel like it does have a better range of heat settings yeah. and it attaches to a, a five gallon propane tank. And that actually, I think, is the feature that I love the best because okay. I hate going through those little, those little tiny guys. ones. Yeah. And it's just one less thing for me to remember to buy. Like we always have the propane tank filled at yeah. home for the barbecue. So we just take it with us when we go camping. Perfect. Yeah, that's smart. 
We should probably take a quick break, but we have like the last half of this episode is going to be basically all the things that we make when we're camping and some cookbook recommendations. Totally. We'll be right back. Dropcloth Samplers is a line of hand-drawn embroidery samplers, printed and ready for you to jump in and start stitching right away. Each pattern is hand-drawn by Rebecca Rinquist in her Portland, Oregon studio, and printed for you to embroider with your own color and thread choices, like coloring book pages, but for embroidery. And with Rebecca's custom classes on Creative Bug, she's with you every step of the way. You can find Dropcloth Samplers on Instagram at Dropcloth or online at dropclothsamplers.com. Okay, Sarah, so tell me some of the recipes that you make a lot when you go camping. Okay, so I've mentioned that skillet weeknight chili. I also like um, the recipe for cowboy beans out of the Hello, My Name is Tasty book, which is not a great thing to make at a campsite, but it is a really great thing to take and reheat. It's like a sort of cowboyish, like pinto bean ham hock situation. Very delicious. I also, my kids love pasta, so that's always an easy one. There's a recipe in the Camp Out cookbook called Mac and Beer Cheese, mm-hmm. and you make the beer cheese sauce separately. So then once you're at the campsite, you just boil the noodles, and then you toss it with the beer cheese sauce. That's easy, awesome. peasy. And it's the sauce is really good. What about you? Well, for dinner, we tend to rotate through the same types of things. So we'll make chili that we'll make ahead, like you talked about. There's a recipe from for the PKU community from Cook for Love for a vegetarian chili. And you just you make one batch of chili and then you end up just mixing in cans of beans for the high protein portion, which works so well for our family. So we'll do what you suggested, make that ahead, freeze it, and then eat it when we're there at the campsite. Another thing from the same cookbook author, Brenda Winarski from Cook for Love, she has a mushroom fajita mix and so we will marinate that at home and then use that same marinade to like toss with some meat also in a separate ziploc so like you've got both of those going in ziploc containers in the marinade that you made at home and then you just put it in the cooler and then cook it when you're at the campsite that is really flavorful and again because my kids like component things because they want to have control over what they're eating which i get so fajitas tends to work pretty well for us when we're camping Love it. I've also done the um, sandwich bar using that delicious coffee roasted oh, beef man. recipe, tri-tip yeah. recipe from the Camp Out cookbook. That's it's a like really so fun decadent, one. and delicious. But it's not that hard to make. Like you just get a huge chunk of meat and then make the rub, which is really not that difficult. Rub it all over the meat and then you just cook, you know, kind of cook it, sear it, sear it on a skillet for a few minutes on either side. Brilliant. Yeah. So that was really fun. And that's also kind of a component thing because you can put creme fraiche on it if you want. You can put the quick pickled red onions on it if you want or not. Yeah. Um, I am always really envious when you can smell bacon cooking at a campsite. That's a real level up. Oh, my God. It smells so amazing. But I never feel like making big breakfast. So we'll often do breakfast for dinner instead. Oh, that's smart. So we'll bring eggs. And then because they're eggs from our chickens, we don't have to refrigerate them because they haven't been washed yet. Yeah. So when you get eggs from the grocery store, they have been washed. So you have to keep those refrigerated. So for us, we bring our homegrown eggs and then we'll um, bring some bacon or some veggie sausages and then just make like a scramble there 
with um, other veggies too. Cooking things on sticks is very popular in our family. Yeah. So hot dogs with like crescent rolls wrapped around yeah. them. That's super fun. In the morning, something that's like fun if you're going to make a fire, which we don't always, but yeah. like with our Girl Scout troop and stuff like that, we might, is to take cinnamon rolls just from like the tube. Like let's okay. keep it easy, people. Yeah. You can totally make them from scratch if yeah. you want, but that's not how I roll right, right. now. Right. But doing cinnamon rolls and then wrapping them around a stick and letting the kids roast oh, those. Oh, great. It keeps them so busy too. <laughs> like the, yeah. having kids cook things on sticks over fire yeah. like they're so engaged it's really fun and they can like it's kind of sciencey like they can see it cooking yeah. I don't know I think that it's a really fun thing for them to do that's great so we'll do that sometimes otherwise for breakfast we're having like pancakes or a no cook breakfast yeah. like oatmeal granola yeah we do like cereal that's totally fine yep Cereal and milk. Sounds great. And if you do like rice milk, then you don't even need to refrigerate the milk. You can just take the carton and then refrigerate it when it's open. Yeah. I mean, you can buy shelf-stable dairy milk, too. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I forgot about that. (laughs) During the pandemic, uh, my kids who were in public school were getting, like, the free school lunches. Yeah. And they totally had the shelf-stable milk, which I'd never... It's pretty about. wild. Yeah. yeah. We have a lot of like free pantry boxes in our neighborhood yeah. and for people who have like food uh, needs. And so that's where all my shelf stable milk went. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what else? I also like to put milk in a insulated water bottle. Uh-huh. So you can like put ice water in it the night before the camping trip and put it in your fridge. So it's like really cold. And then you just dump it and put the milk in. And like if it's a high quality insulated water bottle, it'll keep it cold for two days. That's very smart. I really would love to get to the level where I have an igloo cooler because those things keep stuff they frozen for great. days. Yeah, totally. But yeah, we don't do it that way. Yeah. <laughs> or we're, we just have like the cheapo. Yeah, that's one. okay. There's a lot of stuff. So I have one more meal idea, which is not mine. It belongs to my friend Jen, who's my like camping guru buddy. And she just calls it snacky dinner. And uh-huh. it can be anything, really. But often she'll do like chips and like bread and olives and pickles and dip and like fruit and veggies. And the kids love it. And it's easy cleanup. And you can do it for multiple meals because like it's not all going to get eaten. And that's always like a favorite when we camp. I love that. I think of Just that like as like keep it so easy. It's like a picnic meal. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like cheese and you don't meat have to and heat crackers. Anything up. It's just like sit down, pull it all out. Eat what you want and then be done. Man, I wish I were camping right now. That sounds so fun. I know. I'm just like imagining like sitting around with buddies, like eating picnicky, snacky yep. things for a meal and like playing music. And yeah. it's just so fun. I love it so much. I know. I went camping just a couple of weeks ago and I had this like really lovely moment. My kids are just enough bigger now that they were like running and I like sat down in my camp chair and like propped my feet up and pulled out my book. And I was like sitting in the forest reading a book and I was like, I have arrived. Yes, <laughs> that's great. That future is there for all yeah. of you people with really tiny children yeah it'll happen Hang in there yeah it's coming i mean my favorite part of camping is waking up in the morning to like the chorus of birds and yeah. then drinking coffee uh-huh. like i love drinking coffee when i'm camping totally and then taking a nap in the afternoon yeah. so that i have enough energy to stay up that night right um can we talk about dessert uh yeah so our cookbook club takes an annual camping trip yeah um usually midsummer And last summer, Rebecca from our cookbook club introduced us to the wonder that is pudgy pies. The pudgy pie. So pudgy pies are what, Sarah? Well, what you use to make them is these little pie irons. They're about the size of a sandwich. And they're usually cast iron. So I think you can get aluminum ones, too. But They sort of clamp together and they have a long handle. So you can put something in the pie iron, sort of like a very rustic panini press. Yeah. (laughs) And then you cook it over the fire. 
They're awesome. They're pretty great. The cast- Did you guys only make dessert things? What do you mean? Because I have a savory pudgy oh. pie that you can just, I mean, you can make a really great grilled cheese sandwich in a pudgy pie iron. What did we make the next day? We I made. Don't know. I missed that camping trip because I had COVID. Yeah, that's a bummer. <laughs> so, but then I went camping later in the summer, and because you guys talk so much about it, I made we made pudgy pies too. Okay, but we mostly just made grilled cheese sandwiches, which oh. we made with white bread and American cheese. Well, it was so good. You can make dessert with also white bread and and cheese. Uh, We had like sweet and savory desserts. Okay. So we had, um, so Rome makes the best pudgy pie iron, FYI. Uh, Rome. Not not an ad. Um, They're really, they're kind of expensive. I feel like it's like 25 bucks or something per pudgy pie iron. And when you have like three kids in your family, you are going to need three. Yeah. Yeah. So the cast iron ones are better. Rebecca had borrowed a bunch from her buy nothing group. So we basically got to like try like a dozen different pudgy pie irons and all became pudgy pie iron experts. Um, I don't like the double wide ones as much. I like just the regular like square size. Yeah. Yeah, If it's a piece of bread perfectly, we mostly loved the one that was just like using white bread where you butter it really well on one side. And that's on the outside on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. So actually you butter two pieces of bread on the outside and then you put all your fillings in the middle. You put it together. You kind of clamp it and you put it over the fire. Yeah. And so we had I bought like I didn't even know these existed because I guess I'm not looking at that shelf in the baking aisle, but they make like already made pie filling. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, like everybody probably canned, knows right? that. Yeah. yeah. So it's canned, which is great because it's yeah. like shelf stable. Right. So they had, I got apple pie filling, blueberry pie filling, cherry pie filling. Okay. So I brought all of those. Um, we brought strawberry jam. I say we, like all the people from Cookbook Club, like brought different things. Right. Some people brought Nutella and like bananas to Ooh, make yum. that kind of pudgy pie combination. I think it was Rebecca that did the strawberry jam with like brie Ooh, into a pudgy yummy. pie. Yeah, so you like bake it together, and then when it comes out, it's actually like pretty sealed around the edges. Yeah, it's delicious. Oh, you so can good. also make like a s'mores one okay. with like Nutella and then marshmallow oh in the gosh. middle. I mean, oh you guys, the options well, the, are the endless. The possibilities are endless. And then also, if you want more inspiration to go like more of a gourmet route in the Campout Cookbook, there's a whole section on pudgy pies, and they're like fancy, nice. And I think you can also make you can put pizza dough in them, and then you can make like sort of like a little pizza one with like. Pizza Yum. sauce and pepperoni or mushrooms or something. Yeah, like a pizza pocket. Yeah, totally. So those are great. It's hard to top the pudgy pie for dessert. Yeah. There's also like your regular s'mores. I love a classic s'more. I, I love really class- want to to master like the homemade marshmallow and the homemade graham cracker because I feel like there's room for elevation in that recipe, but I don't have the bandwidth for it right now. Well, also Rebecca from Cookbook Club has strong feelings that the ultimate s'mores is with a peanut butter cup, which she mentioned in our cookbook, yeah. our Camp Out Cookbook episode. That's right. Well, and there's that whole table in the campout cookbook about s'mores too yes and how you can make them with like a hundred different kinds of cookies and a hundred different kinds of like combinations um i also really love the nut brittle from that cookbook and that's like a really great thing to bring to a camping trip because you make it at home it's shelf stable you can have it for lunch doesn't Mm -hmm. matter dessert anytime yeah Yeah. um or for dinner and then i've also made cobbler too in like a dutch oven when camping and that turns out really great but you have to make sure that you have a really well seasoned cast iron pan because you're putting just stick on there yeah you're putting on something really acidic yeah and it will actually like change the color of your teeth (laughs) if you eat it so interesting if if you're using like a well seasoned cast iron yeah then go for it like don't you could just use like the 
pie mixes for right. the bottom and then like, right. you know, whatever easy yeah. biscuity top. Yum. One cookbook that I want to get on people's radar that I picked up last summer was the Scouts Backpacking Cookbook oh. by Christine Connors. And it's a collection of different recipes from, I think, mostly like the Boy Scouts or whatever they're called now, though maybe some are from the Girl Scouts, too. I don't know. It's, I don't think it's endorsed by any one scouting organization, but it's just like a collection of recipes that came from different troops across the country. Okay. I like that book because even though you're not backpacking, it's nice just to pack as light as possible. And they have some good interests. I mean, this is not gourmet cooking. Of course. This is not the Camp Out cookbook. This is different. They have such interesting recipes for things that you can have for breakfast or like different granola mixes or lunchy things. And they have some like easy dinners, you know, the kind of thing where you're just going to go buy products off of the grocery store shelf and like add water and whatever. Yeah. That has been a fun cookbook to flip through as well. Okay. That's great. And like very kid friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One of my just like go to rules about camping is just I always just make a batch of cookies (laughs) just to take along. Of course you do. Who's going to argue? You know, yeah. then you've got cookies. And then, of course, that's the problem with like, then my kids want s'mores. And then they're like, didn't you bring cookies, too? And I'm like, OK, we're just having like dessert upon dessert. But who cares? We're camping. I wonder, I bet a s'more would be pretty good with a homemade cookie oh, yeah, on either side. Yeah, it would. You know, it's like an ice cream sandwich, yeah. except just with marshmallow. Yeah. And my favorite camping cookie is the cowboy cookie from the Camp Out Cookbook. They are so good. It is a good one. <laughs> they have all those nuts in them. I'm always trying to figure out a way to make it both easier and more delicious. I feel like camping is like a fine occasion to be like maybe a little bit more wasteful than you normally would and like pack your heavy duty foil wrap in your gear bin and like just lean into making foil packets. Yeah. Actually, I just thought of like a really smart foil packet meal for cooking over fire too. So if you're into making a fire in the morning for breakfast, you can actually make an omelet in a foil packet. No way. Yeah. You take the foil, you spray it with like cooking spray. Yeah. And then you seal it on two sides. So you like you fold it over, you know, okay. so there's a crease and then you fold it on both sides. So it's like nice yeah. and tight. So you have a little opening at the top, like an envelope. Yeah. So then you put in a couple eggs. You can like mix them lightly with a fork okay. if you want. And then put in like already cooked sausage okay. and like onions and bell peppers and cheese, whatever you want in yeah. your omelet thing. The scouts like really think this is fun. Yeah. And then you seal it up at the top and then you set it on the fire. And then when it starts to puff up, you flip it. Okay. And then it only needs like a couple minutes on wow. both sides and then you can take it out and it's like a delicious protein filled wow pretty healthy breakfast that's brilliant so that's another cooking I need to get I, I want to try more foil packets yeah I, I mean that's also just like the pudgy pie it's like there's a thousand things you could do in there mm-hmm I will say I feel like there's a lot of bad camping recipes out there if you've like gone down the rabbit hole on Pinterest as I have. But I think kind of mastering like if you have good cooking technique, I think you can get the ideas from those places and then just apply your good cooking technique. And that comes into play with things like foil packets because they don't taste great when you like put everything in one packet and they all have different cooking times. Right. You know, so like the omelet thing, for example, Like, cut your vegetables really small. Right. Like, so that everything is kind of the right. Yeah. But a lot of those foil packet things will be, like, put in sausage and then put in, like, potatoes. And it's like, this is not going to cook at the same time. Yeah. When I first, I did my first camping trip out with the Camp Out cookbook, I, like, really went for it and I hit it hard. And I, like, tried to cook over the fire. And, like, I had so many fails. Oh, 
you, but you know, you just got to keep trying. And yeah, think about the progression. Yeah, like yeah. start with the camp stove. Yeah. Then move up from there to like yeah. one meal that right. is maybe over the fire. And think about like what time of day do you want to have a fire right. too? Because yeah. if you're planning breakfast, like are you going to get yeah. up an hour before right. to make the fire? Yeah. Well, and we were just camping a couple of weeks ago and it's early still in the year and like everything was very wet. And so we had a lot of trouble getting our fire going. And um, another pro tip so always, for that, Sarah, yeah. is that you can lay foil down on your campfire area. Whoa. So lay foil on your campfire pit. Yeah. Do this when it's freezing, too, because okay. when the ground is really cold, it actually will suck the fire heat down and you can't wow. get a fire going. OK. So if it's wet or if it's just really cold, lay a layer of foil on the on the like fire in pit, the fire pit, in the fire pit, and then start your fire on top of that. Whoa. And you will be really like we had our whole Girl Scout troop were able to start fires when it was cold and there was snow on the ground. All of them. These are 10 and 11 year olds, you guys. And they all successfully started fires. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Oh, my God. I get like so... I can't wait to Into go it. camping. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, camp out. When for are you going? Our our cookbook club camp out is this it's mid July again. Yeah. So we'll yeah. you know, if you follow us on Instagram, you'll start to see some stories probably yeah. pop up that weekend when yeah, we're camping. For sure. Oh my gosh, so fun. I think I'm gonna buy a pudgy pyre in this year. I just borrowed one last year, but that's a fun one. I keep asking for it for my buy nothing group and oh. then like nobody in my neighborhood apparently has them. Yeah. And but it's like given other people in my neighborhood like lots of ideas like, yeah. ooh, pudgy pie, that looks really fun. <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's great. I think I just need to buy one too. Yeah, probably. Well, we hope that you guys are going to join us next time because we're going to be cooking from Dinner in French by Melissa Clark. Sarah, why did we pick this book? Well, you know we love Melissa Clark. Yes, we do. And this is a really beautiful, very French book full of like rich and delicious and very Melissa Clarky things. It's time to cook from another cookbook that's going to make us feel like we all just went on vacation somewhere. Sounds wonderful. It's going to be a good one. Uh, we want to give quick shout outs to Mike24531, AJD2981, and Love. Love that name for the very kind reviews. You guys are the best. We so appreciate you guys taking the time to do that. Cook along with us between now and then. Just tag us on Instagram at Cookbook Club Show or send us a voice memo or a comment at cookbookclubshow at gmail.com. You can find us online at cookbookclub.show. And remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss the next one. And leaving us a review helps other home cooks find us too. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.